0: Hey, what's up everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund and we are on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, Special thanks to E360 Television. I want to give a shout out really, really quick before we get into uh, an amazing guest. Uh, We had the blessing of getting introduced to him a few weeks ago and uh, had a conversation with him that absolutely just, uh, well, it inspired me. And we have, even though we go about things a little bit differently... This next guest is a heart for uh, people, for the youth, uh, the same way my wife and I do. And it's just, he's been an inspiration. Ever since I've gotten to know him, I've been watching and uh, learning what he's all about. And he's just an awesome, awesome human being. But first things first, I want to give a shout out really quick to Pathwater. I'm actually today, for the first time, going to change bottles. I'm kind of depressed because I've been proud. I've been using the same reusable water bottle by Pathwater. For the last two weeks, they got all the dents and everything to prove it. Uh, But they are a sponsor of our show and the foundation, the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. Uh, And we love this partnership because I'm very passionate about stopping plastic pollution. I am the guy that will, I do not complain about paying for bags because I'll reuse them. I'll wrap Christmas presents in them. I'll put cat poop in it. I don't care. I'm going to reuse plastic. And I'm going to reuse this bottle, but this is not a plastic bottle. This is a I don't aluminum bottle, and it's terrific. Again, two bucks a bottle. You can go to Pathwater, actually it's DrinkPathwater.com, and use promo code Joshua T Berglund, and you'll be able to save twenty percent uh, on your order. And there's always free shipping. Also, want to give a shout out to State and Liberty. Uh, They are a Made in America suit company for athletic individuals. They make clothes for women. They make clothes for men. This is the suit I'm wearing right now. Came from State and Liberty. Actually, this shirt did too. I love this company because, frankly, you know what? Every suit I've ever had that fit good was a $3,000 custom suit. Well, to give you an idea, I paid under $500 for this. Um, and it's been incredible. So we have a partnership now and I absolutely love them. You can go to stateandliberty.com, use promo code Joshua T. Berglin, and you will be able to save 20% on a perfect fitting suit for you, especially if you're somebody that struggles fitting in suits. Um, and, and, and you know, you know maybe you can't afford custom, I don't know. But even if you could afford custom, if you could get a suit that fit you great, would, and you could pay less, wouldn't you do it? Especially because it's made in America. Not that other products made in other countries are not great, but for me being an American, I want to support local businesses. So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you to everyone supporting the devil inside me book. You can go scan that barcode there at the bottom left corner. And uh, I guess it would be your right scan that barcode. You can buy it in ebook, paperback or hardcover. And with that said, today's guest is a special, special man. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him, but what I have gotten to know truly, truly inspires me. He is the author of a book called Losing Faith, Finding Hope, where Jesse and his wife, is a desiree, spent years trying to, convince their fir- trying to conceive their first child together. When they were blessed with the news that they would soon be welcoming a daughter to the family, they felt all, that all of their prayers were answered. As Jesse and his family's life filled with the excitement and hope of the arrival of a baby girl, Little did they know the level of fear and pain that would soon flood their lives. Anyway, this I'm this, won't gonna I'm not i not going to read the whole thing and what it's about, but listen, the, the heart of this man that we're going to have, Mr. Jesse Cruz, on the show um, is, is special, and it's something that encourages me, uh, inspires me, and frankly, somebody that I look up to a lot, so I think you guys are going to love him, and we'll be right back after this. and gentlemen, it's an absolute honor for me to introduce to you the one and only, Mr. Jesse Cruz. What's up, Jesse? How you doing, man? What's up, Jesse? How you doing, man? What's oh. Up, Jesse? oh, oh, Ooh. you gotta kick that can other thing me? out of the speaker. That's not—that's not how I want to start this off. How you doing, man? Welcome can you to hear the. Me? <laughs> I can hear you good. How, how you doing, man? I'm doing
1: fantastic. How are you? How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm blessed to have you here. First things first, before we get into this conversation, what are you grateful for today, my man?
1: You know what? I'm grateful every day that I have an opportunity to go help the kids because they need people in their lives to be
0: there for them consistently. So I'm just truly really blessed. So and I, so I never wanted kids growing up. Couldn't didn't want them. I I, and and of course as when God got a hold of me and after I my gave my life to Christ, I you know my heart changed about that. Even already having three children and I didn't want kids and my behavior reflected that. But now my heart has changed Uh, and with that has come my passion for the youth also. And we've talked a little bit about that and I've told you why I'm passionate about the youth. For you. What inspired your passion to want to serve the youth the way that you do?
1: Yes, so I, I can remember I was in the I was in the army, and I was getting out, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I had an opportunity presented to me to come work with kids, so I didn't know I had the desire or passion to work with kids at the time. Hmm. And once I started started working with the youth, I was able to see the impact impact that was being made, just being a consistent role model in their life. And I fell in love with it. And it's been just such a blessing ever since.
0: Would you say that you've learned more from working with kids than you have adults?
1: It's funny because when you're working with youth, you think that you're going to go in there and teach the youth a thing or two about life but really they teach me. Like I learned so much from them. Hmm. So it's just been amazing to see, I feel like children have a way of helping me have a different perspective, which helps prepare me to work with more adults and people my age.
0: Isn't that interesting? I, I cause I, I feel the same way. I, my two daughters, I don't want to call them stepdaughters. They're, I love them as they're my, they're my own. Um, I learn more. I learn more about God and faith through them than I do in church most of the time. Uh, I learn more about myself and the the man that I want to be when I'm around them. And of course, when I'm not that man, when I'm around them, I feel the pain of that uh, in ways that I never really experienced with adults. And it's it's kind of amazing, and I and it makes me think of you know the faith like a child and. And what Jesus says about children. It just kind of makes me want to be a kid because <laughs> it just, I don't know, there's something about that. Um, what would you say the biggest lesson you've learned from working with the youth has been? Wow, that's a great question.
1: I think one of the biggest things that I learned is consistency. Wow. Is so? doing what you say you do when you said you would do it, just being a person of your word. I think they're used to so many people saying they're gonna do one thing and then they don't do it. And it's just, it gives them that security. It gives them confidence to know that they have that one person who is going to show up no matter what.
0: You're, you know, yeah, because kids don't forget anything and they do hold you accountable. And children also don't have filters unless if well maybe they've been they've gone through some stuff at home you know there's some type of abuse or they're holding family secrets and things like that what has been how has serving the youth affected you and your own family with your with your children and wife good or bad i mean it, it just i'm just curious I'm not, I'm not.
1: Well, it's, it's given me a new level of compassion to understand oh. that, like with my own children, I understand that they still are children. And sometimes I may have expectations to have them to think and behave like an adult. And that's not realistic because they're not there developmentally. So it's given me a new sense of patience and compassion to be more understanding and to really hear their heart and what's going on in their
0: life. When you were, so when you wrote the book, about the, the the trouble that you guys went through with your preg- the pregnancy, were you already working with the youth or did you start working with the youth after the fact? So
1: I was already, I was already working, working with youth, with youth before. before I wrote that book.
0: Did it prepare you? So in working with the youth, was did that prepare you for what you went through going through the, the pregnancy scares that you went through?
1: Well, it helped me with my other children, right? Mm. So it helped me to be that consistent figure in their life during an uncertain time. But as far as the pregnancy went, you know, there's just some things in life you're never going to be prepared for, no matter how much you study, how many experiences you had. A blindside just happens to all of us from time to time, and you're never fully really prepared for it.
0: God, yeah, I don't know how you could be prepared for it, but I thought I'd ask. I I can't—our Our daughter— uh broke her fractured her elbow this summer and uh and we you know and it was like we were wrestling on a bed and like being the girls and the the girl that my daughter that broke her elbow jumped on my back and like just bounced off like it was we had a bouncy bed and she did like a macho man randy savage off the top rope kind of thing lands on me bounce off and I remember as I looked back and I saw her floating, I was like, oh, my gosh. And my heart just sank. And I'd never been scared of, like, I, I don't really get scared of things anymore. But that terrified me. And then, of course, her going through COVID, both daughters going through COVID. Like, that was, that was heart-wrenching for me. But I, I, I can't even imagine what that's going like. It's such a miracle for a baby to be born and created anyway. And here you are, you're going through that. Can you tell everybody like what that was like for you when you find out you're pregnant and tell everybody about that journey um, and then why you felt like you should write a book about it?
1: So, you know, the doctors were telling my wife that the likelihood of her having another child was almost impossible. So we were already discouraged from that information. So after years and years of praying and trying, That prayer was answered, and we were excited to see our baby. And, you know, our baby was supposed to be born in May, but she was born in January. So she was four months premature. She was only one pound, and I could literally hold her in the palm of my hand. And her health was in such a fragile condition, we never knew what was going to happen next. So we would watch her flatline. Come back to life. Flatline. Come back to life, and then on after day forty-two, she flatlined for the final time.
0: Are you cursing at God at this point? Or are you? Is this challenging your faith? Like what? What that? What is that like? So you
1: no, know, I had such I had a struggle, such struggle with God, God, because, God I because I would ask God, God if, you really if You really love me. Why would you allow me to suffer suffer so deeply? And so I would question God's existence. God was real. Um, But one of the major things that it taught me through this journey was God is not circumstantial. Whether she lives or dies, it does not change the reality or the love or existence of God. Because God is outside of our circumstances. He's connected connected with them, but he's he's not basing his his existence existence on everyday everyday situations. He He will show show up in them, but his existence existence is not based based upon them. them.
0: That's pretty bold faith for something that well, I mean, I, I believe, I mean, I'm a believer, but people out there listening that aren't believers are going, you have a lot of faith in it's a lot, it's a pretty big, bold faith in something you can't see. Like, where does that faith come from to know that? Because that's not even, that didn't even sound like something like, okay, I read that out of the Bible. That didn't even sound like a belief. That was a knowing. The statement that you just made, you said it with such just like, yeah, this, well, this is God and this is who he is and like, God's going to be God. And, and it was just, but it, it can't, like, it was a place of knowing. How, do you, how did you get to that place with the Lord where you're like, okay, look, things are going to happen. I could lose my daughter here. Thank God you didn't. But I could lose my daughter here. And, and, and that would be awful. But God, I still trust you. I still love you. I still know that you're my Lord. How did you get to that place with the Lord?
1: Yeah, so watching her, watching her do, her well, do well, well. And then after day, day 42, 46, when she, she literally died, and that, was, and that the was the final time I saw her. Was February sixteenth, two thousand seventeen.
0: She actually—oh, she died. Died. Yeah, yeah she, did. she did. Oh my gosh! I thought she made it. Oh, I mean, I haven't read the book. I just saw it today. I didn't know. Oh my gosh, Jesse! I'm so sorry.
1: And that's what? why I say, God is, God not, circumstantial. is not circumstantial. So, so although my daughter, my daughter didn't make, didn't make it, it here on earth, on earth She's already in perfect peace and healing in the place that I want to be most. So she really did make it. She just didn't make it the way I wanted her to. She made it the way God needed her to. Does that make my pain any less? I still have bad days. I still have a lot of suffering that go through from time to time. I still have flashbacks and challenges that I go through. But that still doesn't change who God is in my life. And let me tell you what, it took me a while to get to that point because there are moments where I wanted to quit and give up on this whole God thing, but he still loved me through the pain. Like his love never changes, even in my darkest moments when I feel like I'm unlovable, he just kept loving me anyway.
0: I, uh, so I have this thing. Uh, and and i and i apologize for not knowing that but i'm really big on not talking to people before i interview because i i just want to ask what i'm curious about and and i want to be led you know i led by the spirit with anything that i ask and sometimes things like that happen where it's kind of embarrassing um, because i just I didn't you know I didn't have a chance to read the book I saw it today and I, I didn't you know I didn't know and I and I'm, I'm embarrassed by that but I'm at the same time I'm just blown away by like this you I mean that's got to be tough like it's a, I mean I've been so mad at God over things like the different things that happen in my life and and I just wanted to attack him and and hate him and ignore him and just like you're just you're not you don't exist why would you do this to me but every time I've done that every time I've been mad at him not only have I learned that God's a big boy and he can handle our anger um but he still shows up when you need him and what how did God how can you there's a lot of people out there that are watching that have lost loved ones, that are in the process of losing loved ones or going to lose loved ones. Can you talk about how your relationship with God, like how did God comfort you? How did God communicate with you to, to give you the strength to keep going, to do something with your pain, to take this and, and, and be the blessing that you are for others? What did God say to you or do to you, or how did he speak to any of that stuff?
1: Well, one of the first things that I learned in my wrestling with God is that God convicted me and said to me, you think you're a better father than me? And I actually did, and that's the problem. So father knows best, right? And I think I'm a great dad, but I'm in no comparison to him. And I just had to trust Him, even when it made no sense, even when it was undeserving, even when it was unjust, even when it was the worst moment of my entire life, I still had to trust Him. That doesn't mean I like the results. doesn't mean I'm happy with what happened. But I know that God takes your mess and turns it into a message. And He doesn't take what we lost. He lets us use what is left. And what was left was the hope of heaven, the hope of healing, the hope of sharing this story to impact people, because the pain and trauma I went through wasn't just meant for me. It was meant for other people going through it, too. And so now I can be the person to help encourage people who are losing their loved ones so they don't have to struggle the way that I did.
0: By There's a lot of people that are finally getting to this place of courage where they feel like they can share their pain, they can share their struggle, they can share their addiction, they can share all of that. They're they're getting, you know, they're getting there because they've heard pain purpose. They've heard that God will use every use everything that we give him and so they're now stepping into that that place of courage to do so. But one of the things that happens when people first step out typically and say, I've battled chem sex addiction. I've battled, uh, uh abuse of uh, rage. I've battled loss of resentment towards being cheated on. I, they step into that. What they find when they first start talking about it is sometimes they trigger themselves or the audience that they're li- that's listening triggers them in their response. Did you experience anything like that when you started your journey sharing your pain uh, for the, pur- well, f- to, f- to give it purpose?
1: So early on in my recovery process of loss, because I, first of all, I think grief is a thumbprint. It's unique to the individual person who goes through it.
0: That's good. And
1: it is a lifelong journey. And sometimes those waves of grief crash over you. And sometimes it's ankle deep and sometimes it's over your head. you never know when the next wave is going to come. And there's certain things that can trigger you. For me, it could be early on, it was a song. It could have been going by a restaurant. It could have been seeing another baby. Those are things that triggered me very easily. Uh, But what I learned once I started to open up and share my story, yes, it was emotional and painful. But I truly believe a person heals once they're brave enough to start sharing their story because I believe your story is your power. And it's yeah, a force that. that is worth sharing with the world. And once you're brave enough to do it, your whole life can change and so can the lives of those who are listening to you.
0: I, I, I like that a lot. What's been the, in your walk with the Lord, what's been the most surprising part of it for you?
1: one of the most surprising things about it is how much time and energy and effort i spend on things that he didn't call me to do <laughs> in the name in the name of following him right so i will go through these amazing i believe to be amazing things but god didn't tell me to go do that that's something i want him to do so it's just like slowing down long enough let's to- have a conversation with God because I learned that prayer is not just me talking to God. It's also me listening to God because it's a conversation. It's communication. It's a dialogue. So prayer is key and prayer is me talking. And then it's me being quiet and listening.
0: You know, prayer is a tough thing for a lot of people because, you know, different churches do, uh, what they? When they do, they'll do a series on prayer, and they'll introduce to you like a formula of of how you pray. And every preacher seems to have a different one. Uh, Miles McPherson has one from the Rock Church in San Diego. That's really, its actually pretty awesome. Uh, Doctor Miles Monroe has Miles McPherson in San Diego. My, Miles Monroe, who is passed away now, uh, and a lot of different preachers have these formulas on prayer. And I find that when I try to follow the formula, I it's like being scripted with God. And and I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. And, and then I hear, well, all you have to do is just thank God for everything. Just thank God. Just get in your heart and thank God. Express your gratitude towards God. Uh, you don't need to ask for anything. You thank Him in advance. For you, if you don't mind... Um, and I and, and and I guess I'm saying this is because I mix up what I do prayer wise all the time my favorite prayers though my favorite time with God is when I'm sitting in the car i'm I'm walking outside and I just start talking to him out loud like I don't care who's walking by I'm talking under my breath or whatever and I like those moments because I that's when I feel like I feel him can you talk about how you pray because you said it's not all talking it's listening does that mean that you're asking god a question and you sit around and wait what does that look like for you can you describe how you pray mm-hmm. yeah, so,
1: yeah so, so a lot of my prayer, prayer does focus on gratitude, gratitude because, because i think, I think prayer is, that's is a form, a form of, of praise and worship just yeah. elevate yeah. god to his rightful place in your life so, so i like to I like do that, to do that. Thank, thank him for many different things and people and situations um, um I think, I think when, when I feel most connected with, connected with God in my prayer, prayer is when I'm really vulnerable and I'm, and I'm confessing, confessing, right? So, so, I, so I spend a lot of time in gratitude, but I also, I also talk to him about things, things that, that I know I need I to work on God. because, because that's, that's, that's what invites authenticity, authenticity and that what makes, makes the relationship real because we live in a Facebook world where everything has to be perfect and look a certain way. When I come before God, I'm not bringing, I'm not bringing him in my, my, you know, you my know, tweetable, my, my Instagram, Instagram prayers, prayers right? So, so they're messy, but they're truthful. truthful. And yeah. that's and why so I think any relationship, relationship has a chance of standing. standing is standing It has, has to, to be based on a communication that brings truth. Truth. And truth. And the truth sometimes is very, very painful. painful. So when, so when I, I talk to God, I got to be honest about my struggles. And that's one of the ways that I pray that I feel is most effective.
0: I used to lie to God all the time. And it seems so silly now. Like, because he knows anyway. Like, why? what do do I think I'm actually hiding from God? Of course, now God gave me the assignment to not hide anything, which has been... You talk about the perfect Facebooks. Mine looks like a bad acid trip sometimes, but but that's what God's called me to do. And I'm cool with that. I want to ask you something, too. Um, So I'm big on... Put, I My whole, everything that I'm about is about putting a spotlight on my shadow world. Thank God I don't have a shadow world anymore. Um, I got out of it because the lights are on it. <laughs> like there's no more shadows there. Um, but that said, you know, I've, the, the it's not even a deal that I made with God. It was God's command to me. It was a specific assignment that you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. And even when you mess up, you can't, you don't get the luxury of secrets. You're going to talk about it and for me it's talk publicly about it a lot of people of faith don't they struggle they they keep the things they're struggling with inside because they're worried of shame and then some people over the beliefs that well you do need to talk to somebody but you know you just you need to choose the right person for you as a as a man of god with the things that you struggle with or even maybe it's amongst your friends or people that you work with when you're advising, how do you how do you address people with their secrets or secret shame, secret guilt, maybe a double life? Like, how do you feel about public confession or how you should, uh, you know, get rid of your secrets? How do you, how do you feel about that?
1: Mm-hmm. So one of the key things that I I do you know, with the people that I'm coaching, right, is that I invite them into my life. Because, because it gives it them gives permission to be themselves.
0: themselves. Yeah. Because
1: although it looks although good to maybe have, have your, your life, life look and appear that you have it all have together, together um, people, people really connect, connect when you're being real. real. So they'll so be impressed being by, by your, your strength, strength, but they connect with your weaknesses. weaknesses. And so, so what, what I like I to like do when I'm working with people is that I'll just talk about things that I've struggled. And that literally just opens up the floodgates for them to be real and to be themselves. And I, and I think it's an, it's appropriate, an appropriate way, way to, start to start that conversation that with at least one person, person that you are able to trust until you, trust you, feel, confident confident you trust feel confident enough to share uh, your, story on, your story on a bigger platform.
0: When did you give your life to the Lord?
1: I gave my life to the Lord in 2013.
0: What year is it now? 22? What was the moment? What, like, what was the deciding factor for you where you just go, I I surrendered. Like my life is yours. What what was the, was it a breaking point? Was it, what what was it? What was it that led you to that point?
1: Well, I actually was going to church every Sunday. I would bring my daughter. Um, I was a single parent. So it was me and her doing life together as a single parent. And I always knew that I wanted my child to go to church. And so we would go, I didn't go for me though. I went for her because I just, I know, just that know that it'd be good for God to be God in her life, life not mine.
0: Cause not mine. Cause I didn't really... <laughs> That's right. interesting logic.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like I know, It's perfect for my kid, but it can't be any good for me, right? That's what I was kind of thinking. Um, and I remember my, my life was in complete chaos and dysfunction. Um, you know, like I said, as a single parent, it was a very difficult life to live. Um, just struggling, doing it on my own, right? It's challenging, and, you know, I was depressed and had PTSD, and I was I was battling so many things. I had a drinking problem. I was completely lost in this world, no purpose, and just living a toxic life. My you know, relationships were dysfunctional, and I remember sitting in the church one day and the pastor was preaching the message, and I just remember being so tired from running, running from God. And let me tell you what: you can run as long as far as you want, you cannot run them love <laughs> <cannot, laughs> you, you can't escape that kind of grace and, grace and mercy. And it's inescapable, inescapable. because it's, it's limitless and we're, we're limited beings. And, and I just remember, just remember thinking, thinking to myself, like, like, you know what, God, God I've, I've tried, tried to fill, to fill my, my life, life with all, all kinds of pleasures, pleasures and I did and I all those things, things and, they and they all left, left me empty. It was just a temporary fix for a permanent problem because I had a hole in my heart because I didn't have his love. And I remember I sat in the front row of that church and I just prayed him. I said, God, if you're real, I'm going to try this out. If this God thing is for real, I'm going to give my life to you. And I'm just going to take a chance on you. And I'm going to just trust that you're going to change my life because I'm ready and I'm tired of running.
0: I I love that. It, that's similar. Uh, mind you, I was in jail when I did it. Um, but I it, it was literally... I th- I think God allowed me to believe that I was this perfect escape artist and could talk my way out of anything and could get away with all of it. Hence my all the years of destruction and evil that I that I lived. But you're right. You can't outrun God, and He may put you in jail where you can't where you can't run, literally, figuratively, figuratively or anything. Like you're just stuck. And if worth me because I was so good at distracting myself. Like my parents could never punish me because I could make a game out of anything. Like when COVID happened and they shut it down, I was like, I'm just gonna make a game out of this. This is gonna be great. I mean, that, and that's just my attitude. You can't punish me. I, I just, I, it just, Until, <laughs> well, I, I ran out of options. I ran out of places to run. God let literally let me think I was getting away with it up until I didn't anymore. And he got me right where he wanted me. I, for some reason, I remember the booking agent or whatever they're called. You'd think I'd know after being in jail as many times as I have, but whoever was booking me and about to put me into LA County until I waited to see the judge, uh, I told him I had HIV and I did, but I told him that for the reason of thinking I was gonna get special privileges. And what they did was they put me in isolation and uh, in the, the psych ward area where Like, the cells are super small, you couldn't see anyone around, but you could hear them. So it was just madmen screaming all night long, going nuts. And, uh, of course, my testimony story is long, and we won't go into it, but I'm pretty convinced that God was there with me, and he put those words in my mouth to go, say you have HIV, because I promise you what took place in that jail cell would have never happened if I was in general population. And uh, But it is proof you can't outrun God and God truly, truly does chase after you. You don't think he is sometimes, but he is because God's purpose for you is extraordinary. Everyone, I'm not just talking to you, Jesse, you already know, but there's a lot of people out there that don't know that they were born and created for a specific purpose, a specific assignment. So can you talk about purpose and what it means to you, Jesse?
1: Absolutely. I think and much of much purpose, purpose comes from, comes from pain. pain. So mm-hmm. I truly much believe your, your, your deepest, deepest pain, pain is guiding you, you to your greatest purpose. purpose. Mm-hmm. And they're hard, hard to, to, like purpose, purpose is hard is to, to discover, to discover without going through something traumatic. traumatic. I think it's those traumatic, traumatic events, events stressful, stressful moments, painful events, guide you towards your purpose. Because I don't think people just go find purpose. I think purpose finds you. And purpose usually finds you at the lowest moment of your life to prepare you for the highest victory in your life. And so I think that's how you get that purpose in your life is figure out the thing that breaks your heart the most, and that's pointing you in the direction of where you need to go spread your love and your heart out to other people.
0: What? You've, you've been through a lot, Jesse, and um, i been through a lot. And you've also accomplished a lot. But I know what I've learned with my own journey with the Lord is that for every Mount Everest that we climb, there's a new one to climb right after it. What for you is your new Mount Everest? What are you, what, what are you climbing right now? Mm-hmm. that's a great question um
1: two things I and mean, you know sometimes you never climb that next mountain all the way right um i think god sometimes puts mountains in your path too high to climb on purpose because it teaches you to depend on him and know that you cannot do it on your own so some mountains will just you will not reach the summit ever because if you did you would not need god to begin with because then you would be god so he leaves specific <laughs> things in your life that you will never accomplish, or that pain you may never fully recover from, or there's a certain thorn in your flesh that we all have. Um, but needless to say, obviously for me, I want to be the best husband for my wife. I want to be the best dad for my, my girls. And then also next, but professionally, uh, we're going to start doing retreats in 2022 that's a big mountain we're going to climb next looking forward to just connecting with amazing people who want to grow their community and want that support and just find that purpose in relationship with people because your purpose is always going to point you to people.
0: That's true. Yeah. And our purpose, the craziest thing about it is we're given these extraordinary gifts that we could use for our own benefit. Um, but the, the, the secret is using it to be a blessing for others. And, and that's an amazing way to use your purpose and gifts And it, Cause it's our purpose. I often say that our pain and our trauma isn't even about us. I mean, it feels like it's about us while we're going through it, but the opportunity that the opportunity that we have, uh, to be able to use that for good, just shows you why God's so extraordinary because he knew that there was going to be sin, there was going to be heartache, there was going to be pain. He knew all that, but he designed things in such a way that we get to use it to live a life full of joy. My original broadcast uh, that I did was Gratitude Unfiltered, and it was about finding gratitude through life's most traumatic moments. And my whole life was just one giant filled trauma experience of self-inflicted trauma or trauma I didn't ask for trauma that I inflicted on other people but you know god being amazing as he is once i gave my life to him it's amazing how he'll use it and that's pretty cool um i want you to share if you don't mind tell everybody what you do with the youth i you have an organization specifically for the youth correct
1: so i work at an organization called the youth advocate programs okay and so I've been there, yeah, I've been there over 10 years. Um, it's it's national and international nonprofit organization serving youth um, from birth all the way up to 18, and we work with the entire family. So the beauty in it is that although we're working with youth as our primary focus, we have a wraparound approach where if there's a teacher, a coach, mom, dad, brother, sister. Involved in their life, we work with them as well to come up with the best plan for them to be successful because it's going to take a team of people to help that youth to get to the next level. And so we love to collaborate, we help them to develop the skills that they need to be successful in all areas of their life.
0: Well, so we're really passionate about teaching the future of media uh, the, the skills that are necessary to be prepared for that. So if there's anything that my wife and I and our foundation can do to support what you guys are doing, um, let us know. I could, we'd love to collaborate with an organization like that. And um, because look, there's, I think I shared this when we talked the first time, having the opportunity to travel and speak and work with, or speak to different youth organizations and hearing some of the struggles that inner city kids go through, I mean, kids in general but especially inner city kids, the struggle and some of the, 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 well, really disadvantage, like they don't have some of the same privileges that the suburb kids have. And uh, it really ripped my heart out, especially with like people in their own community, holding them down, holding them back, the the struggle that, you know, just just how hard it is for kids to get to school in some places where they're leaving at 4 a.m. on this bus and they bus in for an hour, two hours, and then they get there at, you know, 6 a.m. And then they don't even get home till midnight. But they're supposed to do their homework and they're supposed to do all these things. Like, this is real life stuff. And a lot of those kids just say, screw that. I don't want any part of that. And they give up and they go to gangbanging. They go to whatever it may be. They go to dr- selling drugs. Like, I believe that we can stop that by providing opportunities. A real, tangible, not bullcrap st- stuff they teach you in school. But things that are like, that they can take their intellectual property, the things that they're passionate about, utilizing their gifts and showing them how to use all of that to create a legacy for themselves, to create a life, and where they don't have to go to those options that, well, that could end up, that could cause them to die or to end up in prison. So anything we can ever do, uh, please let us know, because we, I love that.
1: Greatly appreciate that.
0: So what's next for you, Jesse? What are you working on? Um, What are you working on that's a little bit scary? I know you got the retreats, but is there anything that's a little bit more Jesse-centric? Do you have any selfish things that you're working on?
1: (laughs) Um, Well, this is something more immediate than the retreat, because that's later in 2022. So I am launching a men's mastermind. So I'll be the first one I've ever done. This is for men only. So we are teaching me how to man, how to man up, how to man up, right? How to step up. And so that's literally going to be coming on the pipeline here in a few weeks. It has me a little nervous because it's my first time doing that in that setting. Um, But I'm ready because I just know that as men, we we need to open up and share what we're going through and, and heal and grow together in a safe, trustworthy environment.
0: Yeah, that's um. You know, you actually, that just reminded me of something. You just helped me just now with what you just said. I've had a bug up my butt uh, for a while. I, I used to go to some men's groups, like Bible studies. And, you know, I've, I have a pretty colorful past. <laughs> and uh, and when I first gave my life to the Lord, I would go to these Bible studies because I was, was, am, and will be committed to seeking and having a relationship with the Lord, because I I don't want what my life was like before. I know what my life was like without Jesus, and I want no part of that. Um, But one of the things that I've really struggled with is, you know, I get pretty angry at the church. I've had my feelings hurt quite a bit at, at church, not because of the pastor, but because of being in that setting around men and I'm very bold with my testimony. I don't sugarcoat it. I don't hide anything. I'm probably more open than I should be, but I'm being obedient to what God asked me to. But been, in doing that, I've felt a lot of rejection from the church. And um, But you just helped me reframe something because you're talking about men struggling up with opening, I, I, opening up and it being okay to talk about i mean one of the problems that men deal with men that have been sexually abused it messes with you it changes you it changed me it permanently changed me it 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 changed my view on the world and rechanged everything in my life and but you know you start talking about those things and you talk about the consequences of you know trying to keep certain things a secret and just and even in sharing my testimony like i've made people very very uncomfortable and I felt rejected when I wasn't invited back to the Bible study or I didn't feel accepted. But what you, what you just helped me see, Jesse, was that maybe they're just not ready. Maybe it was a mirror for them. Maybe it was that they we were uncomfortable because they know that they're struggling with some of the same things still. And here's the reason. Like we have so many pastors that are getting in trouble because of their double lives and their secret lives. Because they're keeping their secret struggles quiet. And I think that that's going to contribute to the downfall of the church as we know it. But for me personally, being able to reframe my attitude where they just rejected me and whatever, I can look at it uh, from a different viewpoint. So thank you. Because that is one, there's one church in particular that I'm pretty sure that I've held on to some animosity towards. And I've just let it go. So thank you for that. That's amazing. for it's sure. So, it's subtle, but it was like literally like that. God showed me something of a different way to look at it. Because men are not. They don't cry, you big wussy. What's wrong with you? You can't act like suck it up. You got to 10x your life, rise and grind, all those things. You got to push through it. And then you go, what do you have? You've got a bunch of overgrown babies that in, in men bo- men's bodies being maniacs that are in touch with them they're in touch with themselves they don't know who they really really are they're angry and pissed off at the world they don't they're scared but when a man's scared it comes out a lot different than when a woman's scared and so it creates a really messed up dynamic so kudos to you for doing that because it's okay for men to talk about what they struggle with in fact. It's probably the most powerful thing you can ever do so good for you man thank you thank you so how so man i i don't have i you know i just i i've I've been watching your post and watching what you're all about but also been watching how other people respond to you and um you're 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 an exceptional leader and i have a ton of respect for you and anything that we can ever do to be of support to you and to any of your projects, uh, please let us know because you are you are, you are, are much needed in this world, my man. So thank you for what you do.
1: Appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, of course, man. Do you have any uh, last words? You want to plug anything?
1: Well, I mean, last parting words is just to kind of touch on what we already talked about is just be brave enough to heal because you know, your story is your power and you just got to be the mm-hmm. one to share it because God gave you this story to share. And we're the only person in human existence that can share your story. No one can share it for you. So be brave enough to share it.
0: Amen. All right. Tell everybody where they can find you, bro.
1: Yeah. So people can connect with me on um, Facebook. My name is Jesse Cruz. Instagram is Jesse Cruz Speaks. Um, I'm also on Clubhouse. We go on Clubhouse. Jesse Cruz Speaks on there. Um, emails author Cruz at gmail.com those are all the best ways to get a hold of me so you want to connect with me send me a dm love to connect with you
0: cool and then the media kit that we create and publish will have all of his links there you can go to livemonoworldwide.org you'll be able to find this episode in podcast form video on demand uh and the full transcript too uh, and of course how to find jesse jesse god bless you thank you for the man you are and uh Thank you for being here. Thank you. See you, brother. Jesse Cruz, everybody. Well, that was awesome. And boy, do I feel silly. I think at some point, I'm going to um, start prepping myself before interviews. Well, I guess whenever God shows me to do that. But um, it's embarrassing when that happens because (laughs) I feel like it just (laughs) broke eggs over my head. But what a gracious dude, man. Just what a... I can't even imagine what that's like. But he is proof. I mean, I I can think of cancer. I can think of disease. I can think of all the things in the world that... The COVID. I can think of cancer. All of that stuff and how painful that would be to, to experience or to lose a loved one. And I have from that. But... The loss of a child is something that I can't fathom. I mourn my twins every single day every single day I mourn them and they're alive but I gave them up for adoption because I chose well I was the best thing for them but I was a, a, a junkie and they had no business being in my life and I've mourned them every day since I gave them up for adoption now fortunately God has shown me that I will they will be back in my life and and it's something that is it matters to me because well then my restoration will be complete everything that i lost in my wicked ways god has reinstated all but them and um i don't talk about them much i don't talk about them but they're in my heart you know and uh, so much of what I do, as crazy as it may seem, even the confessing of mistakes, even like talking about the struggles when I switch and become a different person for a few days or a month, like it happened a couple, de- a couple months ago. Um, you know, I talk about those things because I want them to understand. Because we have to be honest with our kids. One of the discussions that Jessica and I had last night um, because I had a switch recently and, you know, the kids got to see um, one of my bad sides. But the thing is, is that I know that kids forgive and, and I thank God my wife forgives because I, I can't always control it. Um, but we're going to talk about it. And so it's one thing hearing about having multiple personalities and DID and those of you that are familiar with it, you know, it's quite a mess and it can be. But when my wife is ready, and even the kids, because the, we've been honest with the kids about it and we're going to have another honest conversation about it. But I think it's really, really important um, that my wife starts talking about her experiences with me when I have my alters because you know, all that crazy stuff I did in the devil inside me that's there, it's all true. And I'm, you know, God has healed me and is healing me, but I still deal with stuff. And yeah, I have a suit on, and yeah, God's restored my life, but I'm still crazy. But I'm also a genius, and God's using my crazy. And part of the, the, the command that God gave me Was to put a spotlight on my shadow world. Well, part of that, even though I don't have secrets anymore, is to really walk out this DID thing. And everyone's got their opinion about it. It's demonic and all of that. Well, I believe it demonic caused it, but I'm not a demon. So... One thing that you can expect from us moving forward is that when Jessica's ready and she's decided is that she's going to start talking about her side of this, and we'll talk about it together. Because here's the thing that's true. You can still have a healthy relationship with a maniac. <laughs> she just shook her head. <laughs> I am a maniac. But like I said, I'm also a genius. And and my heart for the Lord is real. And it doesn't mean that I don't go through some really weird moments in time where I don't see or feel the Lord. But it's important because there's other people that love the Lord too that struggle with this and family members that struggle because trust me, DID affects everyone. It doesn't just affect the person that has it. It affects the people that choose to love them too. And they need to have a voice. They get to have a voice. And I'll be gosh darned if if I will ever suppress my wife's voice because I believe that this is important to talk about so you talk about pain you talk about your struggles and and how God's gonna use them well our hope uh, Jessica and I is that with her talking and eventually even the kids being able to share their experience and how they're working through it how they keep themselves safe or how they thrive, how we're able to have a healthy relationship in such a weird circumstance, well, we're hoping that we'll be able to help other people heal too, because it's not, it's doable. And that's, to me, is something that's really special about the Lord. So anyway, enough of that. Thank you for being here. Thank you to everyone watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network powered by E360. Uh, those of you out there that are looking to start your own network, I uh, something really cool for you. Uh, so let me know. I want to give a shout-out again to State and Liberty. Thank you for the suit, my wardrobe today. And um, you can use promo code JoshuaTBerglin at stateandliberty.com and Pathwater. I absolutely love these guys. And this water was good. This was still water. Never had still water before. Pretty good. I don't think I've had still water. Is still I regular water.
1: Still water is what
0: comes of the faucet. Oh, you know what? I was thinking, what's the distilled water? Never mind. Anyway, this was good tasting water too. You can use promo code Joshua T. Berglund at Pathwater. I want to give a special thank you to Jesse Cruz. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you. You guys all follow him, follow his journey. He's like, seriously, his content is uplifting. It's inspiring. It's, it's heartfelt. And uh, you guys go support him. God bless you. Again, thank you for being here. Bye-bye.